welcome to the JXN Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we're in Revelation. And in Revelation 1 12. We're only on verse 12. We were on verse 12 in the last episode. We're still on verse 12? So, in the last episode, Jesus speaks, Fine. says, Write what you see in a book and send it to seven churches. John, yep. you're about to have a vision. Write this down. Mm -hmm. okay. Wait, wait, wait. Write what you see in a book? Yep. Isn't that plagiarism? No, no. Not write what you see in a book, but write what you see <laughs> in a book. Oh, okay. All right, I'll do it. How much do I sell this for? Okay, uh, no. Um... That's what I thought. Write what you see in a book. No, not write what you see in a book. <laughs> write what you see. Write what you see in this vision. In a book. In a book. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so... so. I'm like, man, they just wanted us to do plagiarism. Uh, no, Jesus was... The Jackson Cloud does not condone plagiarism in any forms. Nor does Jesus. Uh, so, Jesus tells him this. He turns to see the voice. He just heard a voice behind him, right? Who is that? Who's speaking to me? Oh, oh, ooh, I never thought of that. Okay, all right, so I turned to see a voice that was speaking to me. Remember that. I'm going to forget it. I think it might actually okay. pan out. Okay. I turned to see a voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. That wait, was wait. what the last episode was. What was your revelation? <laughs> nah. <laughs> and in the midst of the lampstands, in the sacred space, one like a son of man. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right. Hold that. <laughs> Clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest, and his hairs of head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. So Gandalf. No. Gandalf the White. No. Right there. No. Gandalf fails in comparison to what I just read. All I heard was white Fails hair. or pales? You heard white hair. No, oh, that's it. Is that the word? Pales? Pales. Pales. Oh, I've been doing that wrong for 30 years. Okay. <laughs> so... So is Jesus. Fails made sense. Anyways. No. But pales in comparison is an actual... You don't fail. You can't fail in comparison. You can if you have white hair versus everything else I just said. That's just a fail. All right. Now, what were we talking about? Right. Okay. Small voice. So all these Small voice. Er, voice small. was like the roar of many waters. That's the, the complete opposite. <laughs> What you just said fails in comparison to what oh I gosh. actually said. <laughs> or okay. it pales. It, it, so everything that you just heard. Everything, I think. Okay. A lot of it. Uh-huh. Actually feels pretty familiar. Now, we've already gone to Daniel, the book of Daniel. Have we? In our Revelation series. Yes. And we've only covered 12 verses so far. So... That means Daniel should be fresh in the mind of how far you've read Revelation, right? Okay. When we got into Daniel, it was actually just a minute ago, uh, when um, uh, the coming on the clouds. Okay, sorry. Yes. Coming on Lift the clouds. Your voice. I knew she was going to do it. That's why I didn't want to say it. Coming on the clouds, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. <laughs> Daniel talks about the Son of Man coming on the clouds, okay? 
Daniel also uses a lot of the words that we just came, like God, God's hair is white as wool, and yet here's Jesus' hair white as wool. So you see John doing that thing he does where he's just referring to God as Jesus by using Old Testament passages. Right. But in Daniel, all through, throughout a few chapters of Daniel, we come across some interesting story going on. The first time is in Daniel 8, okay? I'm going to borrow heavily from Michael Heiser's book, Angels. He also did a podcast on this episode, um, but he he has drawn a lot of, I think, helpful stuff here. So with Daniel 8, here, here's what Daniel sees in a vision. Okay, Daniel 8, 15. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. He had a really complicated vision. We don't have time to really get into that one. I sought to understand it. And behold, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. Now, if this was a man, I would think he would have just said, I saw some guy, you know, but he didn't. He said something in the appearance of yes, a man. Yes, appearance of a man, which God has revealed himself in the Old Testament kind of in that way before. When Abraham just runs into God before God goes to Sodom and Gomorrah, it's just like he runs into a man of, of sorts. So, And when Jacob wrestles with God? Yeah, Jacob wrestles with a man. So, yeah, you, you come across these moments where when you come in contact with someone with the appearance like a man, you're kind of like, hold up, this isn't just... Anyway, okay. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, and it called Gabriel. Make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, that is Gabriel, and when he came, I was frightened. I fell on my face. But he said, understand, O son of man, that his vision is for the time of the end. Okay. How many characters do we have right there? Um, three. Who are they? Gabriel. Gabriel. Which there are only two angels in, in the whole Bible who are actually given a name, at least in the Protestant canon. Uh, Old Testament, New Testament. You have Gabriel and you have who? Is it Michael? Michael. Michael. Yep. Uh, Gabriel's going to show up in Daniel as well as telling uh, Mary and Joseph that you're about to have a son. Um, mm -hmm. And then Michael's going to show up in Daniel and then in Revelation. So we're going to come back to Michael at some point. But right here, right here we have Gabriel and then we have who? Who would you say? Daniel. Daniel. And then who else? Um, I forgot the last one. I, I thought I thought Jesus was here too. Um, so you already get an impression of Jesus. But it just said, Behold, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks, and it called Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So there's a voice here that's speaking to Daniel that's speaking to Gabriel about Daniel. Yes. But it's not Daniel's voice and it's not Gabriel's voice. So and there it doesn't is even a third. say whose voice it is. It does say a man's voice, but we also know that we're in, like, divine man's voice because the other one has the appearance of a man, right? Mm. Tell me. So it could be another angel, or it could be mm. Jesus. Mm. Or you could, if you really wanted, argue it's just some guy. <laughs> but that's actually But helpful. just some guy speaking to Gabriel? Thank you. This is what's helpful for us to define it. So... Only two angels mentioned in the whole Bible, and 
that probably means that they're of prominent importance, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the only two get an actual name. And a man just told Gabriel, hey, go explain that to him. First off, probably not some guy, right? Yeah, not some guy. <laughs> kind of hard to imagine. Yo, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain the thing to the dude? Make it clear, brother. Yeah, uh, probably not that. But then from an angelic perspective... Whoever is telling him to do this is probably what? Above him in the chain of command. Yeah. That would, that would make sense, right? Because <clears throat> Gabriel responds. Uh, then this guy who's in the appearance of a man walks up to Daniel and explains. Okay. So then Daniel explains... Uh, Daniel. Uh, Gabriel explains this whole thing to Daniel. We're going to fast forward to a, probably one of the more popular passages in Daniel. I guess at least if you know me, because I use it all the time. Hang on. I like how this is a series on Revelation, yet we've read more Daniel, of Daniel than we have Revelation. We have Revelation. Well. <laughs> Not just in this episode. You're making my point, though. In order to understand Revelation, you have to understand the 65 books that came before. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because he, he's intentionally throwing everything in the blender. So when we get to Daniel 10... We come across this passage I've mentioned many times. I didn't even have blunders back then. In the lamppost blunder. Okay. When you get to Daniel 10, uh, you come across a um, come across a strange story in which Daniel asks for more answers to visions and words and stuff. And then he fasts for, for a long time waiting for an answer. And no one shows up to explain it to him. And now it's been like three weeks. And then on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of a great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked. And behold, a man, a man, okay, clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist, his body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Does any of that sound familiar? Yes. It's what we just read in Revelation, but it's kind of, it's like stock imagery. It, it, they don't line up perfectly, but it's almost like from this specific spot, when, when John goes to explain what Jesus looks like in Revelation, he pulls right from here a bit. He pulls from later in Daniel. I think maybe he pulls possibly from some Ezekiel. He throws it all in the blender, grinds it all up, and then what you get at the end is what John explains Jesus looking like. But John just explained Jesus looking like this guy to some extent. Let's let's go back to Revelation and and who was this guy in the original? Or well, in Daniel. Yeah, so we're gonna get to that in a second. But let's go back to Revelation one fourteen. Long robe, golden sash around his chest. Hairs were white, like white wool, like snow. Eyes like flames of fire. That was Daniel. Feet were like burnished bronze. That was Daniel. Refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar of many waters. And if we go back, his voice was like. Uh, go his voice was like Daniel 10 just vanished sorry here we go <clears throat> uh, body like barrel face like uh, lightning 
eyes like flaming torches, arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, which Jesus' feet were like burnished bronze, and words like sound of multitude, or words were like sound of roaring waters, right? So you take all that and you're like, this sounds super familiar to this guy. But who is this guy? Who is this guy who's, when Daniel's praying for three weeks, where are you? Please come explain the vision. And this guy shows up. We're thinking it's just an angel, but right. now when we see what John just did, we're like, wait, is this a specific one? Is this Jesus? Is this what's what would how could we read Jesus into this? Uh, so this guy shows up and I, Daniel, alone saw in the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves. So Daniel's having a crazy experience here and. People don't even see it, but they feel it. <laughs> you ever feel a vision before? Apparently, that's got to be an intense vision. Uh, and he goes on until he explains that a hand touched me and set my trembling, uh, uh, set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, "Oh Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words I am about to speak to you and stand upright. For now, I have been sent to you." And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. So this angel has been sent. Uh, fear not, Daniel, or sorry, this man has been sent, clearly a supernatural being though. Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I came because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of your chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is about to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. All right, let's pause right there. How, how many characters do we have? Daniel. Daniel. Michael. Well, is Michael in this? Well, no. He's, but mentioned, he's, he's but mentioned. He's mentioned. So, what's important to note is this is not Michael. This is not Michael. Right. right? Yeah. Um, the man guy. Prince, yeah. Prince so of the kingdom of Persia is yeah. also mentioned. You've got uh, spiritual beings that rule over other countries based on a Deuteronomy 32 8 view. We've done episodes on that. We don't have time to dive into it now, but you can go check that out. Um, and then, yeah, so you've got quite a few. Now, when this man, who is clearly an angel or divine being, shows up with his message, when he's leaving, he says, I will now return to fight against the prince of Persia, which you just mentioned. Behold, when I go out, the prince of Greece will come. So now we have another spiritual being reigning over Greece. Uh, but they're all at odds with this man and with Michael, right? But I tell you, uh, what is inscribed in the book of truth? There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. Michael's a good guy. This guy's a good guy. Daniel's on the side of the good guys. And then the prince of Greece and the prince of uh, Persia uh, are actually against all these good guys. So... Part of the question we kind of get now is, who is this guy again? And John has used imagery to be like, well, that sounds a lot like Jesus. Is this Jesus? If so, 
Casey's now got his epic superhero Jesus, who's like, I'm on my way, Daniel. Dun, dun, dun. And then, like, beating up Prince Persia. He's like, I need help. And Michael shows up, and now they're working together, right? <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, but Michael, Michael carries on some kind of status as prince. Uh, oftentimes today, we call Michael a... Archangel. Archangel, which is our way of saying, like, as far as hierarchy goes, he's up there. Mm-hmm. He's a prince of sorts, if you will. But he's not... He's not like... Uh, it seems like Michael is helping out this other guy. So we kind of had this feeling of Gabriel being under this other guy. Now I've got this feeling of Michael being under this guy. Or at least helping him out, you know. And we're still kind of figuring that out. Uh, so who is this guy? Is it Jesus or not? Well, when we get to Daniel 12, I know we're reading a lot of Daniel. Um, so much Daniel. <laughs> when we get to Daniel 12, 1, um, at that time shall rise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never been. Since there was a nation till that time, but at the time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Uh, Let's fast forward to five. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on the bank of the stream and one on the bank of the stream, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream, sorry. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, so who's that guy? We've met him several times. The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be a time, times, and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. Um, so you, you've got this man up here again. Now, Heiser is going to go on to say, like, it makes sense to him that this guy is the uh, leader of the host of heaven, the, like, prince of, of or the, um, what's, what's the word actually used? Uh, the commander of the army of the Lord, okay? We've already done a lot of episodes on the angel of the Lord, right? He yep. is, like, the chief of chief of all of mm-hmm. heaven because he is God in a physical form that humanity comes in contact with all throughout the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, in my opinion, Jesus. And that is not just a crazy pastor in an urban church opinion. Scholars push that as well. That before Jesus was incarnate in human flesh, the Bible tells us he's always existed. And uh, he shows up throughout the Old Testament pre-incarnate as God but known throughout the Bible usually as the angel of the Lord. Sometimes as a man who wrestles with Jacob, sometimes as other kind of the word of the Lord, things like that. But in Joshua 1.14, Joshua 5.14, it's got to be that guy who shows up there, okay? Because when Joshua goes up to this angel when he's getting ready for battle, and Joshua's like, are you for us or our adversaries? Do you remember the famous response of this angel? I don't remember off the top of my head. No. <laughs> it's just like those responses you give where you're like, whoa, no what? You know, but that's that's how this angel responds. Uh, Joshua was by Jericho. He lifted up his eyes and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, 
Are you for us or our adversaries? Now, is this a man? Again, we're going to get this feeling that this is like divine man, a, someone in the appearance of a man. Are you for us or our adversaries? And this man said, no. <laughs> but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. Now, why do I think that this is the angel of the Lord here? It's because of what happens next. Joshua fell on his face on to the earth and worshipped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And then that man, angel being responds, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. So Joshua did so. This angel shows up. It's holy space, just like when the angel of the Lord was in the burning bush with Moses mm -hmm. and he had to take his feet, feet off. <laughs> he had to take his sandals off. Right? Like Joshua, Joshua's having this moment like, oh, this is that, that, this is that guy who Moses, my predecessor, who taught me everything. This is him. When John tries to worship an angel in Revelation, what happens? The angel's like, yo. <laughs> it's not me, it's God. Yeah, don't do that. Like, that. that's not okay. Which, uh, angel worship seemed to be somewhat of a thing for a while in some ancient times. So, like, when John tries to worship an angel, the angel specifically like, don't do that. I'm just here to serve alongside, you know, all of you and Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. What happens when Joshua worships an angel? Seems like it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Why? Because it's the angel of the Lord. Who is God or pre-incarnate Jesus, if you will. Daniel sees a man just like Joshua saw a man. Daniel's man commands the other angels what to do, and they do it. And since the commander of the army of the Lord is already like a title that belongs with the angel of the Lord, who is God, who is Jesus, mm -hmm. it makes sense that uh, all throughout Daniel, when we come in contact with this divine man who is not Gabriel and also is not um, um, Michael, it would make sense that he's thinking this is the angel of the Lord. This is Jesus. This is the son of man, the ultimate one who's going to ride the clouds. And that's why it seems perfectly sensible to me that with, with John right here, uh, he looks back at Daniel and he sees all the stock imagery of what that son of man looked like and he just takes it all and signs it right to how Jesus looks in Revelation. Why? Well, A, he is God. But B, he's also that, that mysterious son of man who explained what is to come to, to Daniel and all that. Well, and like going back to the Joshua spot, like, if there was randomly this commander that could lead Gabriel and Michael, but yet still was not Jesus, would be such a mystery. Yeah, Michael's already a bit of a mystery because he's called a prince. And when we think of Prince of Persia, we think of like a little G God reigning over Persia. Prince of Greece, little G God reigning over Greece. Prince of Israel is Michael. We're like, well, okay, now we need to like, Michael's not like, you know, a god in the sense that like we would right. think of that at least today but he at least seemed to be like he's a powerful authority over israel battling on god's behalf is how the way that michael's pictured both in revelation and in daniel but he's he still seems to like not be the one who's necessarily in charge because it seems like we're dealing with the commander of the lord here 
who's the one who actually tells people what to do and they do it. Right. But like, if there was that figure in between Jesus and the archangels, it would just be a very unique addition that people hadn't figured out yet kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of mystery for a long time. And I think even in today, today, some people read what we just read in all those Daniel passages. And they're like, oh, Michael's the prince. And that means Jesus is Michael in the Old Testament. So there have been like some heresies that have gone around throughout, throughout, even into today, that Michael of the Old Testament is Jesus. That's a bit of a jump. Yeah, but like, but it does show you this, right? They saw everything with that stock imagery and whatnot, and they mm -hmm. accidentally, like, they saw all of that, and they saw Michael, and then there's this no-named guy, and they focused on the named guy, right? Oh, the named guy, he's the prince of Israel. That must mean he's like the little G-god of it. Oh, that must just be, Michael must be Jesus. It's like... I feel like that must you have missed been, the other guy. <laughs> I feel like there there must have been like someone read it once and then just came to that conclusion and then just ran with it. Like, well, I think it shows you like how much people gravitate to the like a named angel. He must be important, and there's only two of them. So this one shows up around stock imagery. John uses that's got to be the guy. It's like no, no, no. The stock imagery was about the unnamed guy, who makes sense as the commander. Who is the angel of the Lord. And if you don't have all that angel of the Lord theology throughout mm -hmm. the Old Testament. Right. You'll miss it. But if you do, which we've hit on so much now at this point. If you do have that, you're like, oh, yeah, this just makes sense. This is another time where the angel of the Lord shows up. Uh, so with all that, I think you see John was aware of the angel of the Lord kind of thinking. And he's pulling all that together and throwing it in. Uh, and we're also going to see... Jesus is the commander of angels throughout all of Revelation. They do what he says. In fact, they do it so closely that there are times where they're like, wait, whoa, is that guy a different angel or is that Jesus? And I think the answer is sometimes like, that's a different angel, but he's so obedient to Jesus that you're struggling like, whoa, whoa hold up. <laughs> I thought Jesus had the keys of death. Who's this angel who now has the keys of death? No, he's obedient. <laughs> Jesus gave him the keys of death, said, go open up... <laughs> Uh, the abyss real quick you know so like all that being said it makes sense that Jesus is portrayed as the commander of angels right from the beginning of Revelation because we're going to see a lot more angels show up and they're all doing what Jesus says so like I don't know to me I imagine this is like a superhero pose or like Superman like floating with his cape fluttering mm. and like the sword like I totally can picture all of that in like a silhouette of Superman kind of a thing you know uh, in Joshua, the angel of the Lord is pictured with a sword, right? Right. Whereas the sword, it's just about to come up in Revelation. It's, a, it's the next verse, actually. <laughs> Shh, I didn't read ahead. The roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. So again, you almost get this like Joshua, commander, angel of the Lord type thing. Yeah. Now, I don't want to go too deep because we'll need to talk about that in about two episodes. <laughs> I know it's only half a sentence away, but... <laughs> hey, you think this is boring. You realize by the time we're done with Revelation, you're going to be like, wow, there's a lot that like you really need to think about. To only understand. 300 more episodes of Revelation to go. 
Uh, Only two more years of revelation yeah. to go. You guys are selling it way short. Okay. Uh, so with that, that years. Uh, we'll now wrap it up. Olivia, would you like to pale it in comparison? That's not... Am I using it right? No! A palette is not a thing. Paladin? Paladin in comparison? No! I you won't. Paladin in comparison? Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. Let's see if you can beat me to the first one. Or join us on the Discord. You were beat to the first one recently. Really? Yeah. I don't remember. You were 13 hours behind and you were beat by other Casey. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well done, other Casey. Only the Casey's can win. That's right. Yeah, you don't have a song to end us on this time, do you?